isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. This is the show where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with nomads or information about being nomadic so that you can live your best life on the road. And we had a highly requested one about being sick on the road, so that's what this podcast is going to be all about today. Yeah, so Frank and I have been living in the van for over, well, I guess almost three years now, and in three years... Some things are bound to not go right all the time. I will say, though, it's been pretty good. Like, the last three years, we haven't really been sick often. No, but we've definitely been sick a couple of times, and Paco's been sick also. Yeah. So we're going to talk about pets being sick as well, because that's a whole other layer of it. So let's think about all the times that we've been sick. I well, know, I know, for me, when we first got in the van, I got sick. You were sick for, like, the whole first, like, month and a half that we were in the van. Yeah. He had a terrible cough and was just, like... I couldn't get rid of the cough for about a month, a month and a half. And I remember feeling, like, a little bit tired at times, but I was also, like, chasing the 71 mountains. So, We yeah. were, like, really burning the candle at both ends at the very beginning of our travel. And I think that that probably didn't help because... You know, we were moving so much and working so much and traveling so much, and it was just hard to, like, keep up with everything. Plus, you know, leaving New York. I feel like I had, like, a detox of leaving New York in terms of, like, getting out the stress. And the first couple months on the road were, like, a little bit bumpy. Let's move back a little bit. Let's, like, let's talk about what sickness is. Like, what what is the definition of sickness to us for this podcast? I think it's just, like, when you're feeling, like, gross and under the weather. I think more of the, like... You know, if you have a cold or a cough or something, like, I mean, that's not that big of a deal. You could do that anywhere. But, like, if you're vomiting, if you have diarrhea, if you have a horrible migraine, if you're basically, like, incapacitated from driving because you're sick. What about, like, like mental struggles? Would we consider that sickness as well? I don't know if I would call that a sickness, but I would call that something that you would definitely need to continually work on when you're on the road for uh-huh. sure uh-huh. well because i know that there's times where if i'm like feeling down that could make me feel like i'm sick okay does that make sense sure like for me at least with my mood if my mood is low because it's not often low there's times where i'm like oh like i like i'm i can't eat because my tummy hurts or like whatever whatever it is you know my mood what do you do to get out of that I think that I try to either surround myself with like friends or like uh, or like new experiences that bring me out of that feeling of like feeling down. So maybe going on a big hike or going for a swim or, you know, riding a bike, playing basketball, whatever it is. There's so many different things that I could do that I think pull me out of that, you know, mental sickness of like feeling down and low. 
Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot of times on the or on their YouTube channel about Better Health, which is a service that you can use to get access to therapy online, on the road, virtually from wherever you are in the whole wide world. Um, and so that's a really good resource that we highly recommend. And I've used a bunch um, since we've been on the road. It's just really easy to connect with a therapist and to you know, talk to somebody, you can text them, you can video call, you can regular phone call. Um, so you really have access to them anytime. And it's really easy to change your therapist if the one that you got doesn't work for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, it's going to happen. Not every therapist is right for you as a person. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I first got linked up, the first person I linked up with on better help, I told them, you know, what we were doing and, you know, my life and the travel and stuff. And she just kept being like, wow, that's so amazing. Like, it's so great that you get to travel and do all these things and be on the road. And like, it's so wonderful. Like, I wish I could be doing that. And I'm like, yeah, it is really great. But like, you know, these are some things that I'm struggling with. And she was like, yeah, but like, you get to travel and do all these. And I'm like, uh, okay. This isn't what I was looking for. No, this wasn't super duper helpful. But you, like Frank said, you could switch out and then get somebody who's actually going to help. Yeah, and I think that's part of life in general is like not giving up and trying to find what it, what it is that you need, you know? But I think it's true that like, I don't know, people often look at van life or, you know, living in a nomadic way as very, like, idealistic, and you look at it... Or what? Or grand, like, it's, like, a big Um, thing, you know? Yeah, and so it's like, oh, that's amazing, like, it must just all be high, high, highs all the time, Um, but it's not. (laughs) I wanna get high all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not while you're driving. No, no. (laughs) so anyways yeah it's definitely not and being sick is one of the real kind of like downsides of life on the road so when you do get sick you know there's some things that you should have on board before you leave home just to make sure that you're ready for anything one really great thing to have would be insurance on the road yeah, so we have a health insurance plan through Safety Wing, and so it covers us wherever we travel, and then also when we go back home, it covers you for a certain amount of time when you're back in your home country near your home address. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to know that you have a backup in case you do need to go to the emergency room or you do need an ambulance or you do you know, need some emergency care while you're abroad. It's about $40 a month per person to sign up. 40 US dollars, and it really does cover you globally and gives you that peace and safety of mind that, like, if something did go wrong, especially, you know, like we're doing a lot of more like extreme, you know, sports and or things like that. Or whatever it you is. You know, like if you break an ankle or, you know, throw your shoulder out or something like that, that you like need to go to the hospital. Or even if you just get like food poisoning really, really bad and you need medical attention, Safety Wing has you covered. Speaking of safety wing, like, well, how does it have you covered? Like, what if say I had to take an ambulance somewhere? What does it What does it do for me? Well, I feel like for this, I kind of have to like read it because I, you know, all these like medical insurance things. For an ambulance ride, it covers usual, reasonable, and customary charges when uh, covered illness or injury results in hospitalization. So if you took an ambulance ride and you got hospitalized they would cover the whole ambulance ride. so like you break your leg ankle whatever it is you wind up having to be in the hospital overnight you know they got you or covered. even for a or couple, of, for hours. A couple of hours yeah yeah the deductible is 250 dollars, which is actually super low remember when you got uh the ambulance after we were on the mountain 
um, in this PA. This was before we got on the road, and I had supposedly really good health insurance through my employer, and I wiped out on the mountain, had a concussion, and the, like, um, safety patrol on the mountain was like, either you're totally fine or you're bleeding from your brain and you'll be dead in 24 hours. So basically this guy like talked Alex into getting into an ambulance and taking the ride to get checked out. Which is fine. And then I got an MRI, which definitely made me feel better about the whole thing. Yeah, because they knew that nothing bad was happening. And, you know, if you have the tendency to like think the worst or have the feeling of the worst, it's great to have that ability to have that done. But what happened was Alex then receives a bill later on, and it says that she wound up getting an ambulance out of a coverage or a network and gets a huge freaking bill. It was like a $4,000 bill for like a 20-minute ambulance ride. And so I called the company, and I was like, hey, I have insurance. Like, this should be covered. And they were like, no, 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 you you chose an out-of-network ambulance provider. They were like, hey, excuse me, what is your insurance? Um... The ambulance that you're going to take is an out-of-network? No, it wasn't like, do you want ambulance company A or ambulance company B? It was like, we've called an ambulance, and here they are. This one might be five minutes slower, but it's in your network, and this one's ten minutes earlier, and it's, you know what I mean? Like, they don't yeah. do that. There's, you get what you get. It was so ridiculous. So anyways, they're like, oh, don't worry, ma'am. Like, we'll go and fix this. And then maybe another two months later, a bill comes back for, like, 1800 And I'm like... Okay, it's better than four thousand, but like that's still a lot of money. Yeah. And they were like, "Oh, well, don't worry, we've charged it like an in-network ambulance ride." And I'm like, "So an in-network ambulance ride is still almost two thousand dollars?" Yeah, it's ridiculous. So basically, what we're getting at is like the two hundred and fifty dollars deductible is a great deductible to have in the sense of if you get hurt and you get the wrong ambulance, you're only paying $250 and you're good to go. Yeah, so Safety Wing also covers intensive care, hospital visits, urgent care, um, physical therapy and chiropractic when it's uh, ordered by a physician, emergency dental up to $1,000, um, and all other eligible medical expenses. So basically, if something happens, you would submit it and then um, see you know if they're going to take it or not. It also covers um, travel interruptions, travel delays, lost luggage, natural disaster, new places to stay, political evacuation up to $10,000. Who knows? That might be handy someday. And I mean, hopefully we don't need the national disaster one because we have a hurricane coming at us in like, actually, when this is posted, the hurricane will be pretty much on top of us. So pray for us, guys. <laughs> yeah. This will be our first hurricane in the whole that we're actually going to like be, involved be in. experiencing in Central America. We've been here for the entire rainy season. Um, so it's actually quite interesting that being here for the whole rainy season, technically they have 13 storms a year. Is that right? Yeah, 13 to 16 storms, I think, max, like total. I thought you said there was They said 13, but like the chances when you have like a La Nina to have like an extra storm or two Mm. are, are, uh, you know, could happen. I don't know if it's a La Nina or an El Nino, so don't quote me on that exactly. (laughs) But that's a, a more weather year. So not only did we come in the rainy season, we came in a more weather year. Nino, Nina, no sabe, but one of them. Um, and so there was that one time that we were at the coast 
that we knew that the hurricane was going to be coming up the coast, so we headed inland mm -hmm. and completely avoided it completely. So when you're down here, you really need to be keeping track and like looking at the weather. Frank actually paid for a weather app that gives him alerts and shows like crazy weather mapping and things like that so we can see like if our location is gonna get covered in storms and lightning and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, which has been wonderful to have because you kind of get an idea of where the projected path is and then you could kind of avoid that area. We're, we're kind of in a really good spot. Hopefully the hurricane keeps moving the way it is and we don't have to worry about it. But with all that being said, check the show notes. We're going to have safety wing in the link down below. That way you could find it and get yourself some insurance while you're on the road. Mm-hmm. So the other things that are really important to have before you leave home is a little bit of a first aid kit. So we have from Amazon, like a cute little red emergency safety kit that has band-aids, rubbing alcohol, um, gauze, bandages. Remember, remember when I sliced my thumb open on that freaking can? Oh, that was bad. We really needed that first aid yeah, kit. Yeah, Frank was bleeding everywhere. So, so this might not be like sickness, but this is still health in the sense of like you've ripped yourself open. You're going to need a way to clean yourself up and make sure that you're not going to have any type of contamination because the worst thing that you could get is a cut with an infection in it. Yeah, then you really will need the insurance to go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have the kit, which has come in handy many times. Like even friends, you know, fell down during a hike and came back with their knees all bloodied. And we, you know, brought our little red kit out. Patched them up. Patched them up. You know, it's come in handy super many times. Even just having Band-Aids handy has come in super many times. So definitely highly recommend that you get a first aid kit for like injuries, but then also to have like a little medical section of your van where you have things like, I don't know, like things that you enjoy when you feel sick, like Tylenol or Alka-Seltzer or Pepto-Bismol or I don't know, like whatever your meds are that you feel that you need sometimes, it's good to have a little bit of a stockpile of those things. And we know that nomads and travelers and van lifers come in all different types and shapes and sizes and some have more medical concerns than others and we hope that we're talking to you when it comes to being able to have these things specifically in your van so that way you can take care of yourself when you're on the road and hope hopefully avoid the hospital altogether yeah but i mean like so like think about like say you're going to be camping in the middle of nowhere and like so i get migraines quite frequently unfortunately Sometimes a lot, sometimes not. I don't know. I gotta They've keep track of it. Been them. a lot less since we've been in the van, but I notice when we do like a lot like big drives, you tend to have this, you know, headache or like these migraines more mm -hmm. often. And then whenever we get into like really high elevation, like that first night is pretty hard for me. Mm -hmm. Um but so there's a couple of things that kind of like bring it on. Um when Frank stresses me out so much yeah, right. that my neck gets all cranked. Does that happen? It happens if we go for really long hikes sometimes. Am I stressing you out on the hike? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, like, if I go on a really long hike and I'm looking at the ground the whole time, like, where's my feet going, my neck tends to get cranked yeah. up, and when my neck gets cranked up, I get a headache. Anyways, all I would the, say it happens in snowboarding for you a bit, too. When the you're, first couple of days like of snowboarding, side, for yeah. sure. But so, anyways, I don't love to take... 
If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our van life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road, living van life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below pills if I can avoid it, but sometimes it's just so bad that it's like I need to take something. Necessary items before taking the pills would be things like um, a lacrosse ball or like the double lacrosse ball. That way you can roll out your neck, a nice roller, you know, yoga mat to stretch and help yourself, you know, feel more comfortable, loosen up those muscles if you can. And then if you still have this migraine or this issue, then you can move on to, you know, the Aleve well, or the Advil or the stuff that you take. Then you I move on to some, like, uh, topical rubs. So kind of, like, Icy Hot or I have these natural, like, CBD ones, which don't have any of the labels on them because you're not supposed to cross borders with CBD. <laughs> but anyway, so they kind of, it's like an Icy Hot all-natural CBD kind of thing, which feels really nice. Um, and then if that fails, then we have, like, the Advil. But the whole point is that if we're in the middle of nowhere and something like this comes on, we don't have to drive to a pharmacy to find the Advil. We just have Advil. Yeah, we have, like, a surplus of it. Yeah. So, like, we're good to go. I think we haven't bought Advil since we got on the road. Like, that's how much we had. First off, I basically don't use it. Yeah. So, like... That that's one person out of the way, and we bought like one of those like five hundred tablet bottles. I'm pretty sure. I wonder if it goes bad ever. Eh, it still works. I think it's okay. Okay, cool. It's like the placebo effect, possibly. Yeah, you're like yeah, I'm all fixed. <laughs> I now. took it Advil. I'm feeling great. <laughs> Usually, I just pass out. It feels you know, it doesn't feel good until the next day. But so, any meds that you feel like you need or that make you feel better when you don't feel good, make sure that you have those in the van so that when you need them, you have them. Something so simple as Pepto-Bismol, you know, because that could help you with the stomach ache issues. And, uh, you know, if you're in a new country and, you know, you're trying different foods, there's a possibility that something like that might occur. We've been really lucky and fortunate for the most part. I had like about, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks where my stomach was rumbling and grumbling uh, in Mexico there for a little bit. But that was also right before we kind of got COVID, which we'll get into here as well. (laughs) Uh, You know, having COVID in another country is uh, definitely different. You don't speak the language and you don't know how their system works. So it's a whole new endeavor. Mm -hmm. But so let's go back to the bathroom stuff. Because I think it's really important for every van, no matter the size, to have some kind of toilet. Yeah. Whether that toilet is a super simple DTB direct-to-bag situation. But you need something to, like, hold that bag. Because, like, <laughs> you having to hold the bag while having, like, explosive episodes of diarrhea just doesn't sound like a good idea. No, it sounds like, like a what, dangerous it idea. It sounds like you might miss... And it might hit your floor. Yeah. So you need something. So our toilet is super basic, super simple. If you see any of our videos on our YouTube channel about our bathroom and our toilet setup. When you're in a van and you hear kablam, it's diarrhea. It's diarrhea. (laughs) So I had to do it. Uh, so yeah, I'm super grateful that we have the toilet on board, even though it's a pretty simple toilet. Obviously, if you want to splurge for the thousand plus dollar toilets, that's a really good option too. But just having somewhere on board that like you can, 
Like, we really only use ours, like, rarely or in emergencies. Yeah, and realistically, like, there were times where we would use it a lot more often. Like, if we're in more rural areas where you can't really dig, you know, we used it a lot more. It's great to have. It lasts We used a it a lot time. more in Mexico. Yeah. I feel like since we got into Mexico and Central America, we've been using it a fair bit more. I will say Guatemala was interesting because we didn't really have to pay for baños. Right. Where you had to pay for them in Mexico. And in El Salvador, you're having to pay for them as well. Correct. So I think in state, in countries, not states, I mean, it's the size of a state, but but in countries uh, where you have to, where we have to pay for the bathroom are the places where we're like, no, nope, we're good. We're going to use our bucket. Yeah. And sometimes it's just not convenient to like go try to find one of those places. Mm-hmm. I think also in Guatemala, we spent a lot of time paying to camp. And when you pay to camp, there's usually a toilet involved. So there's no point in using your own toilet when there's a flushing toilet, like a two-minute walk away from the van. Also, when you're pulling up to, like, cafes and things like that, you know, like in the States, one of the things we would do is if we weren't feeling too great and we had, like, a bad stomachache, we would park in a parking lot of, like, a grocery store. Mm -hmm. And then we would bounce in and out of that grocery store throughout the day. Obviously, we would purchase something so that way it didn't look like we were just going in there to use the bathroom (laughs) all the time. I'm sure somebody caught on to us, but, you know, the idea was that we had, like, a running toilet so that way, you know, we didn't have to, you know, possibly live with it in the van. But in the case of having an issue like that, you would use the bathroom that day in your van and then you would just bag it up and get rid of it immediately. Yeah, when it's a bad, like, poop, you got to get rid of it a lot quicker because it just, it stinks. And realistically, I think you would want to just because, like, the bad bacteria and stuff sure. that might be in it lingering. You don't want that lingering in your space as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, getting rid of that stuff pretty quick so like here's one of the issues is that when you are feeling not good you don't want to do anything else but like lay down and use the bathroom and then lay down so like one of the issues is is that you might have to empty out your garbage or you might have to empty out your your poo bucket you know and and you know which is a pretty simple solution for ours at least I know the nature's head and, like, those type of toilets are a little bit harder because, like, you got to, like, mm-hmm. dig it all out. But those also you don't have to change for, like, once every three months with yeah. regular use. So, you know, during your sickness, you probably with, won't have to. With regular use, you said Right. That. What happens if you're at, like, the end cycle? Uh, um, just timing is bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there are these things that might happen and might show up. Like, even, like, the jug, the pee jug aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're going to have to empty that, mm-hmm. you know, once every other day at least, even with the nature's head. Right. Like, that's the one thing that fills up quick. So, if you are in a position where you're needing the toilet mucho because you're sick, like Frank said, it's a good idea. Maybe you're parking at a Walmart that allows overnight parking or a grocery store that allows overnight parking or maybe you park outside your gym that has, you know, 24 hours, or maybe you splurge and pay for a campsite for a couple of days just so that you have access to the facilities. And what's better than having a shower after you've, you know, released a lot? I mean, for me, that's like the number one priority when I'm sick is a shower, like a nice hot shower Mm -hmm. at that. Because Alex knows me really well. I like to lay down in the shower when I'm not feeling well. I like I could literally lay in the shower for like forty five minutes and you wouldn't even you'd be like, Are you okay? 
Like, Frankie, is everything a little good? No, I mean, no. clearly it's not. Clearly no, because I'm not feeling well, but, like, a nice warm shower, and they'll just be able to have, like, unlimited hot water in those experiences and those times is, like, something that is a huge necessity to me. And, like, when I had COVID, I didn't have that option, and I definitely, you know... I noticed it. There was a couple times where I think I said to Alex, like, what I would do for, like, an unlimited hot shower right now. Mm-hmm. You definitely uh, miss it when you don't have it, that's for sure. But I think that when you're planning your build, you know, if this is something that is really important to you, like, it's really important to Frank, maybe you consider having, like, a full built-in shower... Ours is, takes a little bit of setting up, and so it's kind of like... An, when you don't feel well, you don't really want to do the extra things mm-hmm. that are required sometimes in your van build to make the thing work. But I will say, on the contrary to that, like, we haven't been sick that much in our van to like make me be like, you know what, I need a fully enclosed shower. Like, it's not a necessity to me, because... We realistically have only been sick, like, maybe, like, absolutely sick where I feel like I needed that shower to, like, lay in maybe twice. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe four times max. Mm-hmm. And again, years. I think that when you are sick, you know, if you have a little bit of a cushion of savings, splurge for the campsite. Or the hotel room. Yeah. So this is what happened when we got COVID. So we were in the van and it was going to be a really smoking hot day. And, you know, smoking hot for the next couple of days. And so we knew that I was going to be sick for at least a couple of days, if not more. And it was just Alex who was sick at this point. So I felt pretty good. But I was, like, motoring around trying to figure out where we could park. And every hotel I would go to would be like, ah, I don't know about the dog. And so, which makes things hotter, you mm-hmm. know, having the dog. Um, because hotel rooms don't necessarily accept you so easily. So I was motoring around trying to find a spot for us. You can watch the YouTube video about it. And then I called the place and they were like, yeah, no problem. Just bring like your dog's paperwork. So that way we know like he's an emotional support dog, whatever. So we brought that and uh, yeah, we were good to go. And Alex had an opportunity to have COVID in a hotel room for the four day stint that she was going to have. Uh-huh. Which was very nice. Unlimited shower. Frank got a little bit of room service because he doesn't really cook very much. So... Yeah. You know, plus ultimately it's harder to cook uh, in a hotel room. Yeah, but you could have cooked in the van. Yeah, but you know, I want to be in there with you. <laughs> you know, I'll make up a bunch of excuses why I didn't cook. It's right. mostly because I don't really cook. Um, and then I will say the nice part was is I started to get sick when I was in that hotel room with you. Mm-hmm. Like we thought I was getting like sympathy COVID, <laughs> but I must have already had COVID at that point. Yeah, and so I was actually utilizing that shower. That we were talking about. And so I got to lay in the shower for like two or three, you know, I think it was like two nights Mm -hmm. where I got to like really lay in the shower and enjoy Mm -hmm. it. I remember waking up in the middle of the night one night feeling absolutely horrible. And I think I laid in the shower for almost an hour. Oh, wow. I think I slept through that. I might have fell asleep in the shower. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, realistically, be careful if you do that because you don't want to drown if it like has a tub, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so at the end of those couple of nights, our budget for a hotel room was basically spent, and so we had to go. And so at that point, we were kind of looking for 
honestly something cheap that would be, you know, a good place to kind of stay quarantined because that's the thing too. You need to be kind of away from people. So at that point, do you really want to be at a campsite, you know, where you're going in and out of like a communal bathroom? That's not super nice. So at that point, it was nice to have your own private bathroom. And then we just told housekeeping, like, don't come in. The one cool thing about getting it in Mexico was that we could basically just, like, go to the pharmacy and ask the pharmacist, like, what they got prescribed when, you know, if they had it or what people normally get prescribed. And they were able to just, like, give us everything that we needed over the counter. And then we also met a doctor in Guadalajara just randomly at a Starbucks parking lot and... Uh, he told us what he did, and then when Alex got sick, I immediately reached out to him and, like, asked some questions, and then, like, told him Alex's symptoms and everything, and he asked me a bunch of questions, like, if she was allergic to anything and all this other stuff, and then he gave us a list of things to get to make sure that uh, we could get through this sickness quick and easy and everything be all good. Yeah, so it was easy to, like, get the drugs that we needed for Frank to go to the pharmacy before he really had symptoms. It was also pretty damn cheap, too. Yeah, that's definitely a benefit over, you know, America and Canada for us. You know, that's where we know the pricing for, is that, like, the medicine is a lot less expensive in Mexico and assumedly Central America, although we didn't really need to test that theory in Guatemala, and now we're in El Salvador. It actually makes me think that we should, like, stop by a pharmacy and just, like, get an idea of what it looks like and, like, what they have behind the counter and how easy it is to get it. But I know that when I've traveled in my life, like, in Dominican Republic, uh, it was pretty easy to just, like, go and get medicine if I needed it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's urgent care and there's hospitals and there's doctor's offices everywhere because humans are humans and humans get sick. And so I don't think you have to worry about the fact that, like, if you require care, that you'll be able to find it. And in Central America, it's actually been quite affordable um, to the point where we didn't even file any claims or anything like that because, you know, what did you spend? Maybe how much on meds for the whole COVID thing? Maybe max $50. Right. And the deductible is 250 right? Yeah. So, and then another time I actually went and got a mole removed (laughs) in um, Guadalajara, recommended by that same doctor that Frankie uh, mentioned. His name is Frank. His name was Frank, and he only charged us 50 bucks, like, cash. So... Honestly, we've had a really good experience in Mexico. We're probably going to get our teeth cleaned on the way back. Yeah, I think that's a must for me, at least. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, so we're we're really happy with the medical care that we've received. Speaking of getting our teeth cleaned, too, because this is something that, you know, is medical. Mm-hmm. It's something that we should talk about. One thing that we did in the States, we went on Groupon, and we found some Groupons of, like, dental care, uh, so we get our teeth cleaned and looked at, and it made it super inexpensive. So one thing you might want to look into when it comes to illness in any type of way is maybe go on Groupon and see what they have to offer. I don't maybe, know if like for an emergency illness, not a Groupon for an, would be. I'm not saying for an emergency illness. <laughs> I'm saying for the fact that you, like you might want to get a checkup. You sure. might you might want to get you know something looked at. There might be a Groupon for that. Yeah, like, I think the Groupons are more like teeth cleaning and Botox and like face peels. Hey, man, face peels and Botox are a thing for people out there. <laughs> it's very important for, it's your, not, for your health. It isn't for me, but like, you know, for <laughs> other people, uh, they might feel mentally better after they get Botox. Fair. You know, so 
Uh, but yeah, with that being said, I'm just trying to say like there's ways of making it cheaper. I know that like um, RX, like if you get the app for RX oh, yeah. prescriptions, you can actually get your medications from much cheaper in the States too. That's something that you might want to look into. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I haven't downloaded it, so I don't really know, but I know other people that have had it and used it and have gotten medicine for cheaper. Mm -hmm. Healthcare in the United States is so expensive, and so if that is you, um, I think the safety wing plan... In, when you include America, actually becomes $50 a month instead of $40 a month, just because everything in America is so much more expensive. Mm -hmm. If you're not voting for global health care in America, gosh darn it, you're not Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's why they're American. Yeah, I feel like since I moved to the States, I've been like petitioning for it, and people are like, well, I don't know. Like, and I'm like... Well, it's really beneficial. And they're like... Nah. Well, it's funny because Americans' argument would be like, well, I've heard this and I've heard that of like... Long, you have to wait. Long lines and having to wait and this and that. And like... You know what else doesn't happen in Canada? You don't go into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt because you got sick. Yeah, but normally the people that are arguing this have some type of health care from like their, from their job, job or whatever... And they also don't go into the hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. Yeah. Or there's somebody who's been fairly healthy and been lucky that they haven't had that, you know, happen to themselves. Yeah. I actually had some guy tell me once that, like, oh, it's fine. You just don't pay the hospital. Like, my brother had heart surgery and it cost, like, $300,000, but he just never paid the bill. And then you can just go, like, claim bankruptcy if they, like, come after you for it. And I'm like, that's the solution? But what they don't realize is that bankruptcy really, like, hits you hard in other places. Oh, it's horrible. So, like, you can't buy a house after claiming bankruptcy. Yeah, hopefully you're already in the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they might take your house then, right? Yeah, who knows? Oh, my goodness, that would be so bad. But anyways, this was one of the really big fears that both of us had when we were quitting our 9-to-5 jobs was that, you know, we're quitting our 9-to-5 jobs to go snowboard 83 mountains in a single season that immediately is like red flags in terms of like healthcare, like especially for Alex. Yeah, like this was only my second season snowboarding ever. My first season, my second last day on the snow, I got a horrible concussion. Yeah. Like I was like, for sure, I'm gonna end up with like a broken something. Me being the American in this relationship, I was like, whatever, it is what it is. If it happens, it happens. But realistically, I should have been probably been a little bit more proactive because I definitely took a tree to the hip in one of the spots and I was out for like two weeks. You definitely bruised your I bone. I continued to snowboard, which was probably not a great idea because I was trying to get the, you know, the 83 mountains finished. But, you know, I healed up over time. I, maybe I still have an injury from that. I really probably should have got it looked at. And if I had insurance, I probably would have. Yeah, it's tricky, because, like, if you don't have insurance, you just kind of grin and bear it, and maybe it becomes a bigger issue later, but if you do have insurance, you could just be like, I'm just going to go get this checked out, and I'm not worried about it, and I feel like also, in Central America, I would just go get it checked out regardless, because 
it's it's so affordable to go for us. Yeah. And I realize that that's like a very like privileged place to be earning US American dollars traveling in countries. You know, like in El Salvador actually right now they use the US dollar, but everything is priced like it's 1940. So like a Coca-Cola, like a bottle of Coca-Cola would be like 25 cents. If even. Like you can get these things called pupusas, they're so delicious. It's like a tortilla stuff with stuff. 60 cents. 60 cents for one. So you could literally, like, maybe three is a meal. So your whole meal is less than $2. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. Like, it, if you eat at the right places, I mean, you definitely get the gringo charge at some places if they don't have prices up top. Yeah. But, like, you get... You can eat for so cheap. Like, you can live and eat for so cheap here. And like Alex said, we know that that is cheap to us, where it might not be cheap to the people that are here. Like, for instance, our friend that we just met, he wouldn't buy snails for 50 cents for to try because normally they're like 15 cents. Yeah, you know? and he was like, they're only asking that much because you guys are here and you're white. And Correct. we're like, well... For me, 50 cents for some snails doesn't seem outlandish. No. But I appreciate that for you, 50 cents for a thing of snails is a lot. He was livid. He was, was. He literally stormed off, like, absolutely not. That is ludicrous. So then <laughs> I explained to him, like, for, like, say, a pizza pie and a two-liter Coke, that would probably be, like, $30 in the States And total. he was like, oh, my God. He was like, it's 10 here. Yeah. You know, if like, that. if that. Yeah, it was probably, like, eight fifty. Yeah, and so like everything for, is relative. For, like, a real pizza, too. Like, not, like, a Domino's pizza, uh -huh. you know? It's just crazy to think. Yeah, it's all relative to where you're living in the situation that you're in. So it's basically, like, living in the United States in, like, the 1950s. Yeah. So we're really grateful for that. And so down here, you know, if it's a minor thing and we can get it covered quickly and easily and just pay cash, great. If it's something more major and we need to lean on safety wing, we've got ourselves covered, so that's great. Um, but yeah, so getting back to like being in the van, there's certain things about our van setup that make it a little bit more complicated to be sick in the van. So for example, our bed is convertible. So clearly if you're sick, you're just gonna want a bed. You're not gonna want a table to like sit at we legitimately leave it as a bed when we're sick yeah like we don't change it at all so it will just be the bed indefinitely mm -hmm. so unfortunately if you start to feel sick and it is a table you need to spend those couple of minutes to make it a bed it's not that much time but when you're sick any time feels like forever right same goes for the shower because we have a hideaway shower you would have to Pop up everything, you know, open it up, get the things, get the hot water going. Realistically, though, if we wanted to take a shower outside the van and we were in a place in a position where we could, we could just like literally throw the wand outside and pull the bucket to the front. Sure. But again, it's like it's not as easy as just walking into your tiled shower and flipping a switch. Yep. You know, say, for example, you're not parked somewhere that you feel comfortable staying for the next couple of days. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to drive to get yourself to that place where you feel good. Um, say, you know, timing is bad and you just ran out of water. You're going to have to get some water. You know, like there's things that go along with living in a van that are generally a bit more of an inconvenience than living in a house and for the most part for us especially it's like it's no big deal we need to find water we find water i will say with the fact that we're out and we get fresh air very often and we're in a space that is 
very well ventilated. Like we've learned that when we got out of our uh, apartment in New York City and then got into the van, we realized, holy crap, we were being poisoned yeah. in that apartment. This is with kind the air of quality. funny. We bought a CO two detector for the van that we were moving into because when you live in a van it's very important to have a co2 and a propane and a fire detector in the van so that you know in case anything happens you're prepared um so i buy the thing and i put the batteries in it in the house and it's reading 115 and i'm like okay that's my baseline (laughs) so then i walk out to the van that's parked on the streets of brooklyn new york like right outside our apartment doors closed everything closed zero and I'm like, well, that's weird. So I walk it back into the house, boop, 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 115. And I'm like, what the fuck? Back to the van, zero. I'm like, holy moly, we've been living in toxic soup for the last year. The kind of funny part about it is like, I was like, oh, that makes sense why I was waking up with headaches here and there. Yeah, and like always like a little bit off and yeah. like, you know. Luckily, we didn't spend too much time there because we were working full-time jobs, commuting, you know, an hour plus each way, and then also building the van. So I was outside in the van a lot. So I have to say, in our situation, moving into the van was actually better for our health than living in that apartment specifically. And I think also, like, when you live in a van, you're more in nature. So you're more hiking, you're more at the beach, you're more, like, connected with the ground. Like, I've never had dirtier fingernails than... I have since living in a van because uh-huh. it's just I don't know why they're just like being outdoors and like my nails get so dirty versus like being in an office all the time well and also the other thing I find really interesting and I think is a realistic thing is like the germs that you're intaking you're intaking all different types of germs which in turn builds your immune system and allows you to fight off things a lot quicker and easier so that way you know in the long run you want to be more healthy and also you're not stuffed in a cubicle with Brenda hacking a lung up next to you. <laughs> yeah. You know, snotting into her snot rags. Or the you 900 know. other people that are on Yeah, the and then every the air is just recirculating to everybody in the whole building. They're supposed to have 15% air, like, outside air, but that's 15%, not... 15 15%. 1-5% 1-5% air. Coming that is not times. a lot of new air. Well, it doesn't seem like a lot, but for air conditioning, it's like, that's the baseline. Sure. That and sounds normally, like I and, want 100% new air. Well, and so here's the reason why that happens is because, like, say the winter time comes. Sure, you got to heat the air. Or or the opposite, if it's way too hot outside, right. you don't want that air coming in because it's harder to, con- like, condition that air. Sure. You know, and make it the right temperature and the right humidity. I appreciate that, but yeah. it's still disgusting. I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing, but it's definitely a part of, you know... Why it's 15%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all that to say that when you move into the van, you'll probably generally be like a little bit more healthy than you were living in a house. Generally. But yeah, eventually you are going to get sick in a van. I'm thinking about that time. Remember when you got snow blindness? Oh, that was crazy. That was really shitty. That was like one of the four times I got sick. <laughs> so we were on our way to Crested Butte and we're we're driving there and like I'm doing all the driving throughout the whole winter and we're going to all these different places, all these different mountains. This is probably like our 39th mountain. I mean, we were on the West Coast we, by we then. Were in, we, so we were in the middle of the country and Montana yeah. was like our 30th. I feel like. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but then all of Idaho and Utah. No, no, not Idaho. So, so. From we, Montana, we Montana? came down. Yeah, but that's not Idaho. I'm t- I don't know what my state is, but we did all those I before. I thought you said Colorado. Ohio. It is Idaho. <laughs> uh, my bad. 
But with that being said, um, yeah, I think we're on like almost the 40th mountain or somewhere around there. Doesn't really matter. But I've been staring at white snow like throughout the whole entire circumference of Colorado. Yeah, and it was bright, sunny, beautiful. It was gorgeous. It was a beautiful day, but there's white snow on both sides of the road. And I'm not wearing sunglasses at this point. I'm just kind of cruising. Frank never really wears sunglasses. No, it's very rare when I do, but I didn't realize this was like a thing. So I'm driving, and I get to the mountain, and we go up the mountain, and I'm, I'm wearing my goggles. So like my goggles have like sunglass protection, UV protection, and we ride the mountain, and I'm having a great time. Granted, we did climb up an elevation, mm-hmm. too, to get up to Crested Butte, because it's at a higher elevation. And then you climbed up to the top of Crested Butte. Then I climbed the top, and during that time, it, it gets hot when you're climbing, so I, like, lift my goggles off, and I put them on my head, and so I'm just staring at the snow as the day goes on, and I get, after the tour and everything, I say goodbye to the guy, and, like, I ride a couple more runs, and then I start feeling woozy. I just start feeling, like, not myself. And then next thing you know, I'm just throwing up. No, no, no. So next, we had to drive to the next mountain. So Frank gets in the driver's seat because he's the driver, and I don't really do that much driving. You're right. So we have spots. Yeah, so we have to drive, I don't know, maybe three or four hours to get to our next mountain because we're on this deadline to do all these mountains. So Frank's driving, and he's like, I don't feel good. Yeah, which is like super rare for me. So Alex was like, wait, what's going on? And I'm like, you're going to need a drive. And so I pulled off on the side of the road. She's like, cool, I got you. She drives for about, I think, like an hour and a half or so. Yeah, I drove for a while, and then he's laying in the back in the bed, which is actually kind of nice sometimes if you have two people and you have to be driving. Because also, if you're sick and you don't need to move anywhere, don't move anywhere. Like, don't force yourself to, like, get to the next spot. I mean, this was stupid. This was one of the moments where we should have just pulled up on the side of the road and just started sleeping or whatever. Right, because that's the benefit of having your house on wheels is that you could literally, like, pull over anywhere and be like, okay, I live here now. So as Alex is driving, I start throwing up. No, he's like, I like we need to, like, stop. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So, so I pull into a Walmart parking lot. And so basically, when you're throwing up in a van, here's some more practical tips. Yeah. It's good to have some like garbage bags or like shopping bags or something like that. Some to vomit into. We've recently developed the double bag system. So we take out our pot that we use for cooking, which is kind of fucking gross. And then we double double bag line bag it. The reason why we double bag it is because it's the pot that we use to cook. (laughs) And you never know. One of those bags might be full. So uh, throw up in the pot in the bag and then immediately tie off the inner bag And it's gone because, like, the thing about throwing up or pooping in bags is that the smell permeates the bag. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like a trash bag doesn't just, like, keep the smell of the trash inside. And when it's liquid and it's gross, like, you want to, like, get rid of that right away. And like Frank said before, like, there's stuff in it that, like, you don't want to just, like, a... A bag of wanna, puke hanging around. It, yeah, you don't want it sitting in your air. Your no, clean air. and the space is so small that smells just like get trapped in here. So you really like want to get rid of it immediately. Yeah. Um, and also things get spilled in vans really easily. Like if a cup of water is somewhere, Paco's dog bowl literally gets flipped over <laughs> at least time. once a week. So it's really important to just like bag it up and get rid of it immediately. So. 
go, to go on with the story, like throughout the night, I think I threw up like four or five times and I started to feel better. I ate a little bit of food. You were also trying to blame me for you being sick. I thought I got food poisoned. He's like, were you trying to poison me with that food that you made earlier? And I was like, no, I ate it too, bro. And I'm fine. I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, turns out that I had snow blindness and which is a total thing. Look it up. Uh, and then when I woke up in the morning, I step outside to go into Walmart, like to go use the bathroom. Cause you know, at this point I'm still feeling pretty shitty and I come back out and I noticed our rear tire is flat. So I'm like, Oh man, like did they like stick something in our tire? Cause there's a tire shop there. I'm looking around. I don't see anything at all. So then I blow it up and I get some soap and bubbles and remind you, I'm still feeling like crap. And, like, as I'm testing the tire, I'm, like, you know, like, feeling like I'm going to throw up. And um, I swap the tire out, and I realize that it is leaking from the rim. So, obviously, they did nothing to mess up with our tire. It was just my insecurity and hoping that it wasn't the tire, and so, but it was the rim, which is even worse. Yeah. But, so, any, like, you just... Things happen in a van, whether you're sick or not, and you kind of just have to deal with them. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're changing a tire while feeling like shit. Sometimes you're, you know, fixing wiring while feeling like shit. Sometimes you're changing out your propane because your propane ran out on you and you're feeling like shit. It's just like, you got to deal with it. And hopefully you have a partner there that can help you out because... Honestly, your partner is like your savior in those moments. Yeah. And I appreciate you in all those moments. Because, I appreciate you too. You know, it really is helpful to have somebody to make me a meal uh, when I'm feeling like crap. Yeah, that and would be like, nice. give me... Yeah, but I do the other things. Like, <laughs> change the tire while I feel like shit, even though right. I'm the one feeling like shit, you know? Yeah, so. it's definitely nice that we are a team. But you could totally do it by yourself. I think it's just like, you have to have a little bit of mental fortitude, which hopefully that you have moving into the van in general in the first place. Like, you probably do have it if you've been living in the van. Yeah, like, I mean, I think that moving into a van has challenges and has things that you have to deal with and makes you a stronger person. And so if you have to do something when you're sick, like, you just have to do it. You know what I mean? Obviously, driving can be kind of dangerous in situations like that. Mm-hmm. So, like we said, you can pull over, you can uh, stop, you can go to a rest stop. Like, when I had COVID, we were driving towards Mexico City, and we stopped at, like, a gas station, like, an hour in, because I was just like, I'm not feeling this. Yeah, we had actually routed for a two-hour drive to get to the other side of the city, and... Would, uh, did we get pulled over by the police that day? We, we did the next day. Uh, okay. So you guys got to catch up on the YouTube videos. Yeah. But so as we're driving for this two-hour drive to get this campsite that I had, like, found on iOverlander and was like, you know, this will be good. It has showers. It has toilets. It's pretty cheap. Blah, blah, blah. We're halfway there, and I'm looking at Frank, and I'm like, he's not doing good. Oh, uh, I'm just struggling. Like, like, he was, like, everything was safe, and it's not like he was, like, falling asleep at the wheel or but anything But I'm sitting like there, that. and you can see it in my eyes. Like, I feel like my eyes were just telling a story of, like, yo, you do not feel good yeah. at all. So I went back to the app, and I found a campsite that was, like, you know, 20 minutes away from where we currently were, so that we could just, like, get off the road, be done with driving. Sure it was a gas station. 
Yeah, we pulled over at that gas station. Yeah, I stayed in the van. I didn't get out of the van. I literally went in the back, and I think I fell like asleep immediately. Yeah. And I slept like that whole day for like, probably like six hours. I, I think we got there at like noon, and I just stayed sleeping, you know, pretty much the whole day. Alex fed me once, and then <laughs> uh, that was it. I was done. Uh, and thank, I'm so thankful for places like that where we can stop. And camp out and just, like, not be in anybody else's space and just be in our space. Mm -hmm. Because it would be horrible if we were, like, tent camping or something. Yeah. And, like, had to get a hotel room or had to, like... Yeah. Like, you're walking by a gas station and you almost, like, have to go in to get food. Like, we're lucky to be, like, super self-contained and have food and have all the things we need inside the van. So, in in a big sense, it is just like being in a house. And dealing with things similar to as if you would deal with them in a house. But there's definitely, like, these small challenges that come up that you realize, oh, shit, it would be really nice if I was in a big stationary house. Like, hopefully you have, like, a tank full of water. Mm-hmm. And you don't run out of water during that time. Yeah, and you have the meds that you need ready. And, like, you have all these things. Because, again, like, if you need them, then you have to find a store and you have to do all that stuff. So be prepared before you get sick, so that when you do get sick, hopefully you could just pull over wherever you need to go, you know, rest for the night, rest for a couple of days, and get better. We definitely want to hear from you guys, though, so if you have extra tips or things like that about... If you've ever been sick in a van, or in a car, or whatever it is that you are traveling in, let us know. We would love to know. We would love to know the things that have came up in your situations, because our situations are definitely different than your situations. Mm -hmm. You know, they could be similar... But everybody always has a different experience. I'm thinking about Abby, who, like, at the beginning of the pandemic got COVID with, like, a bunch of other van people. Oh, yeah. They all went to, like, a party, and they were, like, sharing, you know, drinks and stuff, which was probably not super advisable, but they're all, like, 19, so what can you do? So, anyways, um, everybody gets COVID, so all of the vans drove out to, like, this secluded spot and just, like, had, like, their own quarantine COVID camp. And And everybody had water. Everybody had food. Everybody had all these things to where they could, like, pitch in and, like, make meals and drink. Yeah, and, like, if someone was running out of something, somebody else had it. So, like, you know, that's actually, like, a pretty cool way to, like, you know, be sick. Like, everybody else is sick, too. Then you can, like, help each other. It shows, like, the ability of, like, having the community of people that are willing to be there to help you out in really tough situations, and that's what we absolutely love about van life, too. Mm-hmm. And, again, in helping you out, if you guys have any questions, this episode was obviously a request from multiple people, including one of our Patreons, so we're happy to make this kind of content for you guys. If there's something that you really want us to do a deep dive on and to, like, talk about, please reach out, let us know. You can either message us on Instagram at FNA Van Life or send us an email, fnavanlife at gmail.com. And we're always happy to, you know, talk and figure out how we can best help you because, honestly, that's the whole point of this show is to help all the nomads out on the road feel good about what they're doing and to help people wanting to get on the road to feel confident to do it. Yeah, guys, hit us up in a DM on Instagram. Hit us up on YouTube. We want to see your comments. Leave a five-star review here. Uh, It always is helpful, and it keeps us inspired to keep putting content out there for you guys. We appreciate you all, and we love you all, and we hope that you have an FNA day. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right, all that.